if you mess up and no one knows, does it really matter? It's like no harm, no foul, right? Well, not so quick, because you and I both know that when we mess up, when we sin, when we offend somebody, it not only causes pain and grief for us, but also for the other person. There's just no way around it. And in full disclosure, Jesus took that head on. And that's what we're going to talk about in this special Easter edition of the Full Life Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Full Life Podcast by Grace Church, where we hope to inspire, challenge, and clarify your next steps in faith. I'm David Lawson, and today is the fourth in a series of podcasts we've been doing on the last days, even the last hours of Jesus' life. In the first three uh, podcasts in this series, we talked about Jesus' last day leading up to his crucifixion, and today we're going to be talking about the historical and spiritual significance of his journey on his way to be crucified. And to help me recount this last day and last events of Jesus' earthly life, I have uh, Bob Federhoff with me. Bob is the pastor of development here at Grace Church, where he was senior pastor for decades <laughs> here at Grace. Uh, great to have you back, Bob. Thank you. It's great to be back again. Now, Bob, there's uh, little doubt among scholars, even those who are skeptical about the spiritual significance of the life of Jesus, much less his death and his resurrection. But there's there's even little doubt among those about uh, the fact that Jesus of Nazareth died on a Roman cross some 2,000 years ago. Right, that's true. Uh, there are a few skeptics who just insist on holding out. Of course. Uh, a French philosopher <laughs> named Michel Onfray, for instance, has argued that Jesus was more myth than history. Mm. And uh, he says that at that time, Jews were not crucified, but were stoned to death. Mm. Now, frankly, um, that's just not true. Um, Every student of ancient history knows that Jews were among the most crucified people mm. of ancient history. Mm. Uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls, for instance, and Josephus, the Jewish historian, both report an incident where 800 Pharisees were crucified all in one day. Wow. Uh, along with their wives and children looking on while mm. that happened. Mm. Josephus goes on to tell us that during the siege of Jerusalem in AD 70, the Romans crucified hundreds of Jews mm. in one day. So, um, the early Christian accounts are not just possible, mm. they're reliable. Mm. In fact, uh, archaeological discoveries recently have actually verified mm the whole matter of crucifixion. There was, a, uh, for instance, a discovery made several decades ago of a heel bone that had a huge nail sticking mm. right through the heel, mm. the mm. very place where Jesus mm. would have likely had his feet nailed to a cross as well. So the early Christian accounts are reliable. Crucifixion, most of all, of course, was just a horrible mm. way to die. I can't imagine. Can't imagine. And even more evidence about how persecuted the Jews have been yeah. <laughs> over the years. Exactly. I know we're talking about Jesus particularly, but uh, the right. Jews have suffered so much over the years. Um, now, the cross uh, 
in many ways, it's a gruesome symbol. Yes. <laughs> in many ways, yeah. obviously, it is, it, it is a, a symbol of the crucifixion itself. But almost ironically, isn't it, the, the, the cross is maybe the, mo- the most recognized symbol of Christianity, maybe the most recognized symbol of all faith and all religions. That's very true. Uh, and it's ironic because the cross, of course, was an instrument of death. Right. It was the instrument of execution. And yet it's the very symbol around the world by which Christianity has become known. Um, the why, cross why, really why, is a symbol of, of yeah. all that we believe. Yeah. Why, why would you say then that the cross is, has taken on that significance mm-hmm. where, you know, wherever you see a cross around the neck of somebody or uh, on a church steeple or at the front of a church building or wherever it might be, uh, there, there is a spiritual significance to that. Why is that yeah. the case? Well, I like what one author said that I read recently. I, I don't believe that any event has more significance hmm. than the cross and what took place that day. The cross of Jesus Christ is at the heart of Christianity. The Bible's filled with references to it. Books have been written about it. Certainly mm-hmm. sermons have been preached about it. It's just the most recognized symbol of Christianity for one plain and prominent reason. Mm. It is a symbol of the atonement. Mm. It is the place where Jesus shed his blood Mm. on our behalf so that we could experience forgiveness for all of our sin. Yeah, and there is deep spiritual significance to that that we'll talk about the next time we are together about this. But, um, you know, it's important for people to know that, um, that there is this significant spiritual value uh, to our understanding about what happened at the cross. And of course, we'll be talking about that the next time. But today, what we want to talk about are the events literally that uh, immediately preceded the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, literally the, the pathway that he walked on his way to the crucifixion. Now, we had Julie and I had the privilege of going with you to Israel, and uh, you took us to that pathway. It's mm-hmm. called the Via Dolorosa. Right. And... Um, it was really remarkable to be there and to to think through uh, the biblical account, biblical account and experiences that Jesus had on that way. Tell us a little bit about the Via Dolorosa sure. and what it is, and maybe some of the events that t- ha- took place along the way. Well, the words Via Dolorosa just mean the way of suffering, mm. obviously, because it uh, it commemorates the suffering of Christ mm. on the way to the cross. Uh, the Via Della Rosa is today a, a, a route, a processional route through the uh, streets of the old city of Jerusalem, and it represents the path that Jesus might have taken, um, forced by Roman soldiers, on his way mm-hmm. to the cross. Uh, the, the Via Della Rosa literally, uh, again, means the sorrowful way or the way of suffering. It's the traditional route that the Lord might have traveled um, mm-hmm. from the judgment seat of Pilate. Uh, simply on the way to Calvary. Mm. Um, Now, many of the actual places along the way, such as the scourging and the carrying of the cross by Simon of Cyrene, are highlighted or identified Mm -hmm. uh, in the Via Della Rosa. There are actually 14 different places called stations Mm. of the cross that are identified along the way. Some of them are actual places mentioned in Scripture, and others of those... Are uh, five of them, in fact, are not recorded in Scripture. Uh, they instead spring from Roman Catholic tradition. 
But the point is, these stations of the cross are designed to help us commemorate, to remember the kind of suffering that Jesus endured mm. on our behalf. Mm. It's important to think about uh, phrases that come out of um, passages like Isaiah 53. Mm. He was wounded for mm. our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace were, was mm. upon him, and by his stripes were healed. And it's mm. It, there's nothing quite like walking those steps, mm. thinking about what yeah. Jesus might have endured for us. Yeah, it is quite a moving experience to um, be in what may have, may have been the location of right. a, a lot of these events, and then to think through the spiritual significance of that. And, and that's why I want to talk about next. These, these are more than just historical markers or historical events uh, all, um, that, that took place on Jesus' way to the crucifixion, we we believe that there is even a, a spiritual significance that's reflected even in the Via Dolorosa, and it might even be in the name itself, the, as you mentioned, the, the way of suffering and the way of grief. Right. And that's true. Um, you see, for the, for the first and for the only time in history when Jesus was nailed to the cross, the Son of God mm. and the Father God were separated. Mm. The Son would experience in his body our sin. Peter says he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. He was completely mm. innocent. Mm. And yet he didn't retolerate, uh, he didn't uh, retaliate when, mm. uh, when they hurled their insults at him. Instead, he trusted himself to the Father who would judge justly. But uh, scripture goes on to tell us that there was this separation that occurred between the Father and the Son that we've never seen since and we'll never see again. Mm. Uh, Jesus mm. said when he was hanging on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. It's mm. difficult to understand what yeah. that was like yeah. uh, for the Father and the Son to have their relationships separated yeah. like never before. Yeah. and But even before the crucifixion, the scourging, and the beating that 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 has significance too, because um, ultimately the, it's the death of Jesus Christ uh, that has purchased our salvation. But um, when I think about the scourging and the beating, I, I really think about the ugliness mm. of sin. Yeah, and you know, we we just don't tend to think about it that way oftentimes yeah. It, yeah. it's just That's it's right. much too sterile for us it's yeah. it's much too clean as it were yeah. and actually it's exactly the opposite and I, and I don't want to be harsh about this but um we 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 tend to maybe even be a little dismissive about it we tend not to treat it very seriously maybe because it's so much a part of our life or we're doing the comparison game or whatever it might be with somebody else well my sin's not as bad as somebody else or i didn't sin as much today as i did yesterday or whatever the case might be um but sin really is you know from god's perspective you know the biblical authors uh describe sin as really kind of a an ugly thing why don't you talk a little bit oh about that? Well, uh, my attempt to describe the ugliness of sin will fall far short of how God really sees mm. it. Um, most of us, uh, as you said, uh, like to kind of gloss over our sin. Mm. Uh, we don't see ourselves the way others see us, much less the mm. way God sees us. Right. And yet God in his perfection sees all of our ugliness, all of our sin, mm. and somehow in the cross, he laid all of that 
on Jesus. Jesus experienced suffering that we should have experienced, right. that we should experience right. through what he experienced on the cross. Yeah. There's uh, there's the physical side and of the consequence of sin. Yeah. Uh, there's the physical death, but there's also the spiritual side where That's we right. also are That's right. separated from Right. And uh, Romans 6 is real clear about that, right? Yeah. Um, the ultimate and most severe consequence of our sin is death. Mm. Paul said to the Romans, the wages of sin is death. He's not only talking about physical death, but eternal separation from God. Um, the prophet Isaiah said, your iniquities have separated you mm-hmm. from God. The, the greatest consequence of our rebellion against God is that we are separated. Our relationship with God has been broken. Yet God, in his abundant love and mercy, mm-hmm. made a way for us to still know him. Yeah. Um, when you think about the implications of sin, there are, there are many. I mean, there are physical implications. Certainly, uh, one of the results of sin is that we're going to die. Mm-hmm. Death has entered this world. But it also leads to health issues in some cases sure. when uh, we choose to disobey God. Blood pressure might go up. Sleeping <laughs> patterns are interrupted. Stress, well, anxiety, stress. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then there's the emotional turmoil mm. that can be caused by sin yeah. uh, with things like guilt and depression and even right. suicidal thoughts because of the emotional right. impact of sin. But the greatest, as I said, the greatest consequence of sin is spiritual death, separation from God himself. It breaks our relationship with him that he's designed us to experience not only this life, but forever. Yeah. And when we're talking about death, I think it's important to uh, to kind of point out, we've been using those terms interchangeably, death and separation, because they are interchangeable. Right. Uh, you know, when someone when someone dies, uh, we understand that their, their spirit is separated from the body, that there's been that separation that's take place. But the and then when we sin, we are we are separated from God. A relationship is separated from him. And then there's the, the second death the scripture talks about right. where we'll be eternally separated if we don't have a relationship with him through the person of Jesus Christ through whom we have our forgiveness. Now, there are several places where the biblical authors reveal to us as we talk about this remorse over sin and we talk about taking sin seriously. There, there's several places where the biblical authors reveal this sorrow hmm. That should accompany sin, meaning that um, it's a dangerous place to be, isn't it, to get numb mm. to our sin. Um, we, we really start getting into trouble because one of the things I think we learn from the scripture is that w- when it comes to this topic, is that it's our sorrow and it's our remorse that allows us or is on the pathway to us returning to God, to our repentance. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Um Paul writes to Timothy about those whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. So it's it's a to say the least, it's a slippery slope. It's yeah. a treacherous slope. And the Apostle Paul talks about it in one of his yes. letters to the Corinthians. He talks about a sorrow yeah. that leads to repentance. In other That's words, right. regretting my sin or having remorse over my sin, even if I don't get caught, and even if I'm not called right. out on it, having that remorse makes a pathway toward it. It's not, it's not complete, but it, it makes a pathway. It's a prompting it's for a me. Start. To, it's a start, yeah. right, yeah. to get back and get right with God. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's the beginning place, but it certainly isn't the, all there is to repentance or getting right. Right. right with God himself. Yeah. Well, even King David talked about yep, it, right? He did. Yeah, David talks about that 
agony that he felt mm. in his own soul when he yeah. knew things were not right with God. He said in Psalm 32 that my bones mm. ached inside mm. of me. Mm. But then again, when he demonstrated um, genuine repentance, he says in Psalm 51, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Yeah. So it's just the contrast yeah. uh, with what he experienced before he genuinely, genuinely had repented and afterwards. There was a, a, a complete change in his character and his in his uh personality almost. Well, oftentimes we get, uh, I've heard, you know, when we talk about David being a man after God's own heart, uh, that can be a little confusing to people sometimes Mm -hmm. because of all the sin uh, that he, that David himself admitted that he had in his life, uh, those things that the biblical accounts uh, uh, identify as Mm -hmm. places where he failed. But I think one of the things we learned there is that if you want to be a man or a woman after God's own heart, be someone who is sensitive to the sin that is yeah. in your life Amen. and look at sin from God's perspective and be willing to allow that sorrow or that remorse to lead you to the joy, the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ and to uh, turn back to, to, to the Lord and to his ways. And I think essentially what King, what we learned from King David's life and what Paul is saying is that remorse is on the pathway toward repentance. We're talking about the Via Dolorosa being the pathway mm. to the salvation that we ultimately have through the death and then, of course, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Remorse, that 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 pain that we feel or should be feeling, uh, as David talked about, in our bones, that pain uh, should lead us to repentance and uh, uh, looking and rejoicing in the salvation that Jesus has to offer. Yeah, exactly. And again, it's uh, it's important. It's a start, but it's not complete. Yeah. And maybe the greatest example of that, of course, is the character named Judas in the Bible, mm. who betrayed Jesus for thirty pieces of silver. Mm. And after he had committed that act, um, he uh, went out and hung himself. He mm. was remorseful for what he had done. But he did not repent. Mm. He did not have a complete change of heart to turn mm. back to the God who still loved him. Sure. But uh, it went his own way. Um, I just think of the words of John mm. in all of this. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous Amen. and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what God asks of us. Mm. He asks of us to have a broken and a contrite heart that leads us to confessing our sins, to saying the same thing about it that the Father says about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think if there's an application maybe that we can pull out of um, this part of our journey to the cross is that sin is ugly. Mm-hmm. It's to be taken seriously. And if there is a sin that we're kind of coexisting with, uh, we need to probably do some business yeah. with God Amen. about that. And see it from God's perspective, not from the world's perspective, not from a comparative perspective, but to confess that to God, who, as you mentioned, as you quoted John as saying, that he is faithful and just, faithful and righteous to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Even when we are at our ugliest, God is at his best, and uh, he is willing to bring that forgiveness to our life. That's right. Amen. Well, thanks again, Bob, for spending this time uh, with us. These are great spiritual truths and lessons for all of us along the way. Um, speaking of sin can be kind of a, a downer yeah. uh, sort of thing, but the good news is here is we can we can borrow from the words of David 
that rejoices in the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. And if you're someone who has yet to right. establish that relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the joy of salvation and forgiveness that Jesus offers, we encourage you to take your next steps toward uh, uh, confessing your sin to God, uh, counting on the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ for your forgiveness, and uh, surrendering your life to uh, His leadership. And uh, you too then will be able to enjoy uh, the joy of salvation that Jesus offers. On our next podcast, we'll be talking about the event that is preached about over and over and over again every single week, uh, maybe even every day of the week, somewhere, someplace, in several different languages across all continents of the world, the, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and the spiritual significance of that. We'll explore that the next time we are together. And if you don't have a church home, allow me to encourage you to attend Grace Church in person or online this Easter. You can find all the information you need about those service times and how do you can even participate online in the uh, link in the description below. And I trust that our time together has been helpful for you, and I'm glad that you could join us today. And also trust that in some way your faith has been strengthened and that you've been better prepared for your faith journey. As always, remember that uh, Jesus came that you might have life and you might have it to the full. My prayer for you is that you would pursue the full life that God has for you.